0: Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreher. I'm joined here by Tyler Big, Herb Herbock. What's up? And Trey, sticky fingers Jose. What up? What up? I think Tyler needs better internet.
1: I think you need better internet. Your I'm stupid hotel, hotel Wi-Fi. Hotel
0: internet, so probably, you're probably right. <laughs> it's probably me. Um... Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast. If you haven't already, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, today is an exciting episode. We're covering sleepers, breakouts, values, and bust.
2: Oh, I can't wait to show my
0: bust. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all Going excited. To the podcast Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, but look, draft season is here and (laughs) draft season is here. You probably had some drafts that, uh, happened over the past weekend and, you know, we're getting into it. We had a draft, uh, you know, this weekend, um, that was really just pretty much your standard, uh, redraft league. How do you guys feel about how that draft went? Feeling pretty good?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Any surprises, like, takeaways?
1: <clears throat> I think there's a probably probably a couple, but <clears throat> this league is a little different. We, you know, we are going double flex, but it's a really short bench. So we're only pl- going on a five-person bench. So like if you look on the waiver wire right now, there's a lot of good names out there still. So it'll be interesting to see. If you need a, a you know weekly kind of somebody to come in and give you some points, Like it's going to be pretty easy to find this league. It'll be interesting to see how that works.
2: Yeah, yeah if you want that... to check out... Oh, sorry. But no, if you want people. to check out who we drafted, uh, check out our Twitter. We posted our rosters on there. If you want to check out who we're into, the guys we drafted, uh, I don't know if it shows the round that we got them in, but some pretty interesting teams. I ended up with Kyler Murray in the fourth. Uh, somehow, I don't know how the, the fourth fuck that happened. Took- I believe was it that the was fourth the, or the fifth. fifth. Either way, I took him earlier than I wanted to. I was forced into it. I didn't want
0: anybody else at that ADP, so I was like, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> it's one of those things that happens in a good tip i guess to take into your drafts like you're gonna get nervous (laughs) you know the clock's ticking and you're gonna be scrambling so make sure you uh prepare ahead of time you know have your rankings there with you your tiers and make sure you're kind of mapping out how you want the draft to go before it's your turn on the clock um one takeaway i would that I, i think i was i guess not really surprised but You know, because the hype has been there, but how early Chase Edmonds went uh, in that draft, he went in the fifth round. Um, And I think his ADP was still hovering around the eighth, ninth round. So I was surprised by that. He went to a team, though, that um, didn't take a running back for the first two or three rounds. So, um, and that team was picking 12th. So just to, uh, uh, you know, give a heads up out there that um, some of these guys that are being talked about a lot, are probably going to get reached on um, in your drafts, if it's a somewhat competitive draft. Maybe not a home league, but um, if there's people that are tuned in. Well, Anyways. Tyler Big
2: Irby, the, a.k.a. the Herb Blocker, you could speak on this. <laughs> your last two rounds, um, yeah. you were eyeing two guys, and you thought they would fall to you, and they didn't, and it kind of speaks on what James was just saying. Uh a lot of these guys are being talked about. It, it was us three. We're in a league with nine guys. We have no idea who they are. We met them through Sleeper. We're in, on the Sleeper app with them. And I'm surprised by how well all of them pretty much drafted. And Erbach, could you explain what happened to you in the end of the end of the draft there?
1: Yeah, we're going into the last couple of rounds. So at that point you're looking, you know, for high upside guys, rookies that you think could, could be ended up number one guys. There's eight picks to go before my next pick, and I'm eyeing Ro- Romeo Dubs or Tyler Algier. I think Dobbs. I'm, I'm going to get at least... Dobbs, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to get at least one of them, right? The dude at the turn takes them both back-to-back. I was floored. I thought, there's no way everyone's looking at these guys right now.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing to keep in mind is, like, I, I don't think you also want to be the other guy who's doing that. Because not all these rookies are going to be good. Like, that's what history tells us is like most of them probably aren't. And so, I don't know. I, you know, those are two guys that we've talked about and that we do like, but don't, don't stack your whole bench with rookies in the hopes that, you know, you think all your predictions are going to be correct because they're not. So, that's something i'm seeing a lot of is a lot of people like building their whole bench with these rookies and it's easy to get excited about the rookies and the potential but a lot of them aren't going to ever fulfill what you think they will so i don't know something that i try to remind myself because i i do the same thing you know you do a lot of homework on these guys and you get excited about them and then it doesn't always turn out to to work out so Something else to keep. Well, in youth
2: mind. is like youth is pretty valuable though. Valuable in fantasy football though. For so, sure. like, say we, you know, we have five bench spots, right? And I think I end up with like three rookies on mine, but I still got two veteran slash somewhat proven guys on my bench that I know I can rely on for bye yeah. weeks, or in case my flex doesn't work out, I can move one of these guys into the flex, hopefully. And I'll talk about one of them a little bit later.
0: Yeah. You know, known commodities can be kind of boring because you know what you're going to get, you know, but at the same time, you know what you're going to get. So um, something Brandon to keep cooks. in mind. Yeah, exactly. Good example. <laughs> all right. Let's get into our um, our topic here. The breakouts, yeah, the, yeah, best, actually, <laughs> the values. Just real the quick,
1: r- real yep. quick. We did forget. There was a kind of a major piece of news that happened in the last week that we did. got to you know, talk about it all. Uh, the oh, yes. suspension of Deshaun Watson, you know, oh. is official now. So, oh. just wanted to throw that out there. He was suspended for the first 11 games of the season, plus a $5 million fine. So, I mean, I know we talked about it before. If he was suspended, how would you feel about the rest of the fantasy players on the Browns? So, what are you guys thinking right now with, you know, the the other Browns playmakers?
0: I'll tell you I'll what. Hop in. Oh, oh. you hop in. <laughs> um, through all my mocks and all my drafts that I've done up to this point, I'm just i'm not drafting browns like i don't feel like you have to you know what i mean um everywhere that these guys are being drafted (laughs) (laughs) cleveland browns uh everywhere that these guys are being drafted um there there's other guys that i like more so like where nick chubb is going you know i like aaron jones more you know i'll take aaron jones over him all all day this Mm -hmm. year um where Amari Cooper is going, like I really don't care because I'm not drafting him. Um, <laughs> the, the other guy, the I guess. Okay, I will make an exception. I am drafting Kareem Hunt. Um, I just think where he's being taken, I think like ninth round, eighth round. Um, that to me has some value. He's a pass catching back. He's talented. He's done it before, so I see some value there because it doesn't cost you a whole lot. But all the rest of these guys, um, I'm really not taking a shot at Najoku. You know, there's other tight ends that I like. I will, you know, take him if I have to, but there's also other tight ends at the end of the draft.
2: Well, Najoku, he's available in the end of drafts. And I'll be honest, if there's any Brown that I'm willing to take, there's been a couple of drafts I've been a part of, um, mostly mock drafts, I'll be honest, where I punted tight end pretty deep, missed out on Pat Fryer move, missed out on Cole Komet around, you know, the 10th to 12th rounds. Right. And I, I have no problem taking Dave Njoku because if Jacoby Brissett is starting, I've talked for about sure. this before, is it, you know, with like those backup tight ends who are not, or backup quarterbacks who are not necessarily the, the best, but they're smart. They tend to throw to tight ends. And Jacoby Brissett, I stumbled across this stat on Twitter the other day. Follow us at the FF Fathers. Uh, top five all time for most, um like target percentage to tight ends career wise. Jacoby Brissett. Guess who's yeah. starting for the Browns? Jacoby Brissett. David Njoku just got that uh contract, so obviously they believe in him. And I think I believe Njoku, last time I saw his ADP was like
1: 127. You can get him at the
2: end of the drafts easily.
1: Okay. For sure. I I, I disagree with you guys about Nick Chubb, but but we can move on.
0: <laughs> All right. Um how do we get in into that? Uh rant about the Browns anyways. I don't even know. Um, (laughs) The Saad Watson suspension. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. Any other news? The biggest news of the (laughs) offseason. It's been a long day, boys. Um, All right. Let's start with our breakouts. Who wants to start? (sighs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Do you want me to get into this? I'm going to get this hype this early.
1: Yes. Yeah. Fucking kick down the door, bud
0: busting out the seams
2: so i'm kicking down the door all right here we go my breakout player is Derek carr his adp right Ooh. now is 107 Ooh. yeah you saw it coming if you've been listening to the episodes you know it's coming his adp is 107 quarterback 14 right now so let me just get started on my rant if you got kids around um Maybe wait till they're not around, things like that, because I'm going to start cussing and I might get a little hyped up.
1: Earmuffs. Earmuffs.
2: Yeah, earmuffs. So either way, absolute disrespect at quarterback 14 because he's had four straight seasons of 4,000 plus yards. Last year, he finished at quarterback 13 and the year before that, quarterback 14, and he had much, much less at hand. So keep in mind, last year, he had a head coaching change midseason. Lost his number one target, Darren Waller, for six total games and also lost his emerging wide receiver one, Henry Ruggs, because he doesn't know how to order a fucking Uber in Vegas (laughs) at three in the morning. Okay. (laughs) The only aspects I've been holding Derek Carr back during his career is not having a bona fide wide receiver one. And he's always endured a constant coaching carousel of lackluster coaches. So this year, he's got that bona fide wide receiver one in Devontae Adams and hopefully a solid head coach in Josh McDaniels. So obviously, Devontae Adams is back with his college quarterback, Derek Carr, and his best friend, and the Raiders brought in Josh McDaniels to right the ship and plunder the league's booty. Pirate reference. (laughs) Bear with me. Add to that. Hunter Renfro is emerging as a well-respected route god and overall wide receiver threat. It's known throughout the NFL. He's well-respected. People know what he does with the routes. And combine all of that that I've been talking about with Waller being healthy, Carr's primed for a career year. And let's just be honest with ourselves. The only thing that's holding Carr back, and I'll be honest, is he never really threw for that many touchdowns. He's always thrown for yards, doesn't get the touchdowns. Well, guess what? Last time Carr had a solid receiving core was 2015. Shout out to 2015, good times before all this random bullshit happened in the world. But anyways, so in 2015, he passed for 32 touchdowns and almost 4,000 yards, 3,987. His wide receiver core at the time was Amari Cooper, who still gave a shit about doing anything for the Raiders and still had a passion for his career and catching footballs and trying, and Michael Crabtree, who had a career-reviving season. Ended up getting him a great contract with the Ravens shortly after that. And his fucking slot receiver was Seth Roberts. No tight end threat. 32 touchdowns, almost 4,000 yards. Jack Del Rio was the head coach. Is he not the defensive coordinator for the commanders now? I mean, come on. I'm telling you, Carr is seriously prime for this shit. And right now, he's available in round 10 of most drafts. And I would reach for him in the ninth just to make sure I get him. He also loves Jesus, so if you care about that kind of shit, then come on, get in the fucking car. Let's ride. And if you aren't convinced by now, there's nothing I can tell you.
1: He said, "Jesus, (laughs) take the wheel.
0: Take the wheel." (laughs) Oh man! So for you, Derek Carr, Derek Carr as a as a breakout candidate is a top three quarterback at the end of this season like he finishes top three
2: it's believable top five i think hands down all he needs to do is to recreate his yards he had 4,800 last year and he gets 30 plus touchdowns 4,800 yards 30 plus touchdowns that's going to put him in that range
0: yeah just i to me like an, i just think like a breakout you know especially at that position you know to like be with the elite of the elite the fucking Josh Allen the Herberts you know i don't know it's just top 3 i'm like i like that top 5 okay honestly i you I'll, do I'll like t- it
2: or you don't <laughs>
0: <laughs> like the way no, you said I, that I... <laughs> I i like it i was just like saying what i would like imagine like him being a breakout would be but i get what you're saying Honestly, I, I'm on that bandwagon with
1: Trey, so I didn't choose him as my breakout, but I'm not surprised by any means if he pushes 5,000 yards over 40 touchdowns this year, which would put him in that you know top three to top five spot for sure. So I would not be surprised by that at all. <laughs> That's right.
0: Get in the fucking car. <laughs> Get in the car. <laughs> all right, Tyler, who's uh, your breakout pick?
1: All right, I'm going with J.K. Dobbins. Um, I'm sure if you've listened before, I've been on J.K. all offseason. I think he he comes back this year with an absolute vengeance. So he we missed all of last offseason because of the or last season because of the ACL. His status is kind of up in the air, but it seems like he's trending in the right direction to be there week 1. And you have uh the guy behind him, you have Gus Edwards. He's going to be gone the first four games at least. He's on the PUP list. The guy behind that is Mike Daniels and Mike Daniels is just Mike Daniels, so you know, he's not really a threat. But to give you some context here, Mike Davis. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mike Davis. Mike Davis, my bad. Um to give you context, his rookie year, his only full season in the NFL, he was third in the league for yards after contact, he's finishing higher than Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. You know, two guys are known to break tackles, so better than them. He also led the, led all running backs with six yards per carry. All right? So that means he gets yards after contact. He's getting yards before contact because they have a great offensive line as well. The offensive line is still there. They're still a great running team. This is going to be his season. I'm guaranteeing you he's finishing... As a as an RB one, so you know somewhere between one and twelve. I'm leaning towards the top five, though.
2: Ooh, top five!
1: You can do it. It's a breakout.
2: There's a uh, breakout.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. Um, I mean, it's one of the teams that wants to run the ball a lot and wants to do it effectively. So, and he's should be the number one guy there, if all goes well with the health. Um. Besides the running back at quarterback, but uh, my breakout something? pick, yeah, go for it.
2: My armpits are sweating after that Derek Carr take.
0: <laughs> that was intense. That was like a novel. I got,
2: I got, I got sweat running down my arms right now. Got me all hyped up.
0: He's pitting, totally pitting. Um, <laughs> my breakout candidate or pick is going to be at the running back position. It's going to be someone that's obviously been talked about quite a bit throughout this off season you really don't need me to sell you on this guy if you're already bought in but for the people like trey let's push him over the edge deandre swift is Not my possible. breakout choice <laughs> um this year so it's pretty simple i you know I understand it's the Lions, and I understand they haven't been great, but this is a team that is improving and I think only going to get better on the offensive side of the ball, at least. Um, it is one of the best offensive lines, whether you like it or not, in the NFL. They've focused on that. It's been a priority. It is something I think their coach, Dan Campbell, is super you know, focused on. And the team as a whole has been focused on. So one of the best offensive lines in the league, Uh, weeks one through seven, DeAndre Swift led the league in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and yards after catch uh, for the running back position with a target share of 19.75%, which was, by a good margin, um, the number one target share for running backs in the league. Uh, He was the RB3 overall, doing all that while really not getting the ball too much on the ground. A lot of that was through the air. Uh, 16% of Goff's pass attempts were behind the line of scrimmage, while 50.8% of his attempts were of the short variety. And that was the eighth highest rank in the league. It's going to happen again. We, We know what type of quarterback Jared Goff is. He is not going to slice and dice deep. D- defenses up down the field. He's just not that good. He's going to rely, he's going to get the ball to his playmakers and rely on them to make a play. And that is where Deandre Swift excels. Um, again, one of the best offensive lines in all of football right now, he's not going to see a ton of volume, um, on the ground, but he does get a lot of the high value touches, which are going to be like receptions and goal line or red zone carries. So with 14, you know, 12 to 14 carries and four to six receptions per game, he he could, on that volume alone, break out this season and and I think, in my opinion, be a top three back. He's gotten bigger over the offseason. It's been nothing but positive uh, reviews throughout training camp. This team is going to rely on him as long as he can stay healthy. DeAndre Swift, I view a lot as, like, jonathan taylor last year a running back that you can draft at the back of the first round almost every single draft even sometimes in the beginning of the second and he could finish number one overall
2: what's the highest you would draft him take him at the if you're at the six would you take him
0: um it, it really depends on who else is left i guess
2: Eckler's gone. Jonathan Taylor's gone. Obviously, like the, the the original four, I would say this year. You know, so you got Taylor gone, Derrick Henry, McCaffrey, Eckler. After that, it gets a little iffy.
0: Yeah.
2: So you're at the six. Do you take him?
0: At that point, I'm I'm thinking about taking a one of the top receivers. Actually, you know, like if Justin Jefferson is still available or or Cooper Cup. If either one of those guys are gone, then yeah, you know, I would consider it. But where I really like DeAndre Swift is, is at the back of the first, you know, eight to 12, um, you can get DeAndre Swift and then turn around and get digs or another nice running back that you like, or another elite receiver. Um, but yeah, I love it. Um, DeAndre Swift in a lot of the drafts, you're going to be able to get him as your RB two. honestly, especially if you're drafting at the back of the first. So.
2: I've seen that a lot. Yeah, around the turn, people are picking him up. If you're drafting between 10 and 12, Dundra Swift is available at that turn, getting him in the second round. I'll be honest, if you're doing that, in my opinion, you're just uh,
0: taking a swift dive into last place. Uh, (laughs) Taking him as your RB2? In my opinion, is nothing but upside. uh, Like, a massive amount of upside.
2: There's a lot of upside, yeah, but the injury history is a little concerning to me. And like, uh, it's it's funny that guys like McCaffrey An and it, it happens though, right? Once you get hurt, and uh, it's his inter- injury history isn't so concerning to me, but it's a little concerning. And the fact that Jamal Williams is there, all these other guys that are available around that time um, and lower ADPs like Zeke or Saquon, Zeke maybe doesn't probably doesn't fit into my argument honestly but let's just say like saquon or david montgomery guys behind them are not getting the same amount of carries dude how many times do you have to say
1: it's saquon
2: god damn it <laughs> say <laughs> quan. yeah i will not say Quan. okay i will not say it i What's will not say want? it where
1: this has happened every episode for like a month
2: yeah. Dude, either way, my, my point, I'll leave it at this. My point is, I know he was injured, but he still finished with the same amount of carries as Jamal Williams. That's concerning to me as someone you want as your RB1.
0: It's concerning. All right. Concern on, partner. Um, <laughs> Let's do our bus picks now. Um, Who who started? I Whoever did. started, you go. Okay, who's your bus? All okay. right, I will go. Oh, well, you can't just shut me down
2: and start me back up. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right here we go like an so, old bike <laughs> just yeah no car hold on give me a second to warm back up here pump the <laughs> gas a little bit clean out this carburetor so aka Derek car
0: but
2: my bus this year is gonna be michael thomas terrible joke um i, I i'll just say it he, you know his adp right now is 70 wide receiver 31 it might be a little low to be a bust candidate, but people have high hopes for him, and he was very impressive during this, like the start of his career, finishing top ten in standard and PPR leagues for four years in a row. But then 2020 came around; he injured his ankle, missed six weeks um, because he injured injured his hamstring. Wait, hold on, injured his ankle, missed six weeks. Came back, injured his hamstring, and missed two more games. Then he returned and missed three more games. So. All in all, he played seven games total in 2020. And all of these injuries are occurring in the same right leg. It's, it's all like slowly kind of adding up to me, like just someone to, to stay away from. And in 2020, he finished with a career low in catch rate, yards per target, yards per catch. This was still when Drew Brees was around. Um, he also didn't even score a single touchdown in 2020. Now we're going into the 2022 season, and he's two full seasons removed from playing football. So it's a little concerning to me. Like, I just, I'm not too high on him. And right now, he's currently being held out of practice with a hamstring injury. So I'll be honest, the guy had massive upside and proved his worth before the injuries started piling up. But now you add the 11th pick of the 2022 draft, Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry, who I think is still worthy of drawing attention away, more or less. I mean, obviously not from Michael Thomas, but he's going to be in the mix. And now it's his first season with Jameis, not Drew Brees. I I think people could be very disappointed in what happens with Michael Thomas if you draft him, you know, in the late sixth, early seventh round, which is where he's being drafted right now. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys with lower ADPs you should be able to draft. that I like a lot more like Allen Robinson, Gabriel Davis, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Devonta Smith and Brandon Ayuk. Those are all guys I would rather have over Michael Thomas. Do do any of those names interest you guys more than Michael Thomas?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. For where their ADP is at, for sure. Um, now, granted, I I'm a believer in Michael Thomas. I really am. Um, I think his ADP probably is a little high at the moment because you know I think people are banking on him to come back and be able to be a wide receiver one. But um, yeah, with where his ADP is, there's definitely guys that you would I would rather take. You want me to do mine there, Jimbo?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um I you know, Michael Thomas it's it's such an interesting topic cuz it's like how you know, how much like is he affected by that ankle injury? So to me right now, I think at his cost, I'm okay with taking a flyer on him, but it, like Trey said, there's other guys that I think I'm I'm at that point taking over Michael Thomas. But, yeah, go ahead with your, uh, your bust there.
2: Can I say one thing before you start? Yeah. Julio Jones, right? He started getting those nagging injuries after producing so well for so long, and he hasn't had a good season since. Is that not like a good comparison? Like someone who was an elite receiver, sort of yeah, getting those aging nagging out. injuries. Uh, yeah, Exactly.
0: The bodies, you know, aging, giving up on them. To be able to compete at that level consistently takes a certain type of you know, physical uh stamina and at some point you just don't have it anymore. It happens sooner for some guys and later for others. So it is something that's worrisome for me, especially with other guys there that can that are younger and can play. Like Chris Olave.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um all right, so my bust, and I'm not saying that this guy's gonna have a bad season. I'm calling it on bus because of where his ADP is at exclusively. I'm going with T Higgins. T. Higgins is being drafted as the 12th overall receiver. That means you are drafting him as your number one wide receiver. Why are people doing this? It doesn't make any damn sense. He he finished last year as receiver 24. This is an offense that already has a bona fide superstar in Jamar Chase. It was clearly going to be the number one guy. Are we really expecting that Joe Burrow and this offense has a lot more mouths of feed when you add in Joe Mixon and uh, you still have Tyler Boyd. There's a third receiver. Do you think this offense can really produce two legitimately two Number one wide receivers because I just don't see it. And you're drafting T. Higgins like he's going to be that. He's still going to be a good number two receiver, but he's not a number one receiver, even though that's where you're going to be wasting basically a second round pick on him right now.
2: I'm with you uh completely on that. But T. Higgins, he finished top 24 like two years in a row, hasn't he? Uh, he I believe the year before. Last year. Yeah. And then the year before that, he was also top 24, I believe. So, um, Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, I wouldn't want him as my number one wide receiver. He was 24 and
1: 28 the year before.
2: Oh, 28? Okay, so he's been, like, flirting with it. And it's... Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. He's definitely being drafted way too high. But if he ends up falling...
1: Like, like, I understand the talent. It's there. But there's too many mouths to feed. And you have a guy who's clearly the number one option in this offense. As No matter how good Higgins is, Jamar Chase is always going to be the number one guy there.
2: Well, how about this? They lost CJ Uzama at tight end, who obviously um, wasn't like a, a superstar or anything like that. And they gained a major Hayden target Hurst. share. Oh, Hayden Hurst. I like yeah. him a lot.
1: And I think Hayden Hurst ends up basically having the exact same season this year as Uzama did last year. I don't see yep. that changing.
2: Well, what I was getting at is um, a, a lot of reasons people are targeting like the team's second receivers this year, say, Gabriel Davis on the bills is because they're so convinced that the wide receiver one's going to be doubled and drawing so much attention that it gives extra space, for the wide receiver two to operate. And then he'll produce even more than what he's supposed to because of having a great wide receiver one opposite him.
1: I, I'm
2: yeah, not arguing I mean, T say,
1: Higgins, but shit. But I mean, you, you can say that every single season, you, you, um, you go back decades and have that, that conversation about a number two guy you know, coming up because number one is being being doubled, but the number one wide receiver is always being doubled. They always have it. Go back to Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams. They're always being doubled, and they're always getting their numbers, anyways.
2: Torrey Hall, awesome Isaac you... Bruce.
1: Okay, yeah, but those were two. Th- there's that's an option of actually being have having two number one guys. There's a co- only a few times in the NFL history where you actually have that. I'm not. I don't think T Higgins is on the same level as two Hall of Famers and Isaac Bruce or Troy Holt, or when you had like Chris Carter and Randy Moss in the same offense. Like that's not them, you know.
2: Yeah, I'll be honest. I just threw that out, threw that out there to throw you off with that twenty uh, four year old reference.
1: Man, I'm hurdling. All right, <laughs> I'm all over that.
0: I will Olympics. say this: uh, T Higgins is very talented, and you know if there's any like offense, like the Bengals. Like prototypically look like the type of offense that could, you know, theoretically support two number one wide receivers in terms of fantasy, just because of the talent at quarterback and the ability of those two receivers. I will agree with you 100%. Jamar Chase is the alpha. He is an alpha receiver, and he's going to get the targets that he deserves uh, for being that type of player. But T. Higgins is a very good player. Uh, but i will say the cost is really high right now you're you're taking a real big risk if you're relying on t higgins to be your consistent number 1 receiver so um in the end i guess i have to agree with you it does i don't think he'll bust like i still think t higgins will be a very good receiver probably top definitely top 24 uh but probably top yeah, 20 and- for sure so you know, I don't think it'll absolutely kill your team, but I think um, it, it definitely won't help you win a championship. Can I yeah, throw three I, guys out there?
1: I I just wanted to throw this out like, and that's what I'm saying is that, like, I I agree with you there. I don't think he's gonna be have a bad season. I think he's probably gonna still finish as a number two wide receiver here. I just like you're drafting him a round or around and a half higher than you really should be.
0: Yeah. It depends oh, yeah, on definitely. how you draft, though, too. You know, if you take a, a stud wide receiver at one and, and you want to take the upside in Higgins as your number two, like, okay, I, I can I can kind of get with that strategy as long as you hit on your running back picks after that.
2: True. Yeah, you really got to hit. Let me Let's play a quick game right here, okay? You just got to say Higgins or this other guy who's being drafted after him, who I think has wide receiver one upside. So, Higgins or Michael Pittman Jr.?
0: Pittman. Yeah, Pittman. Especially at cost.
2: Okay. Right. I'm totally with that. Higgins or Deontay Johnson?
1: Johnson. Mm.
2: Deontay. Mm. Okay. Higgins or Mike Williams?
0: Oh, son of a bitch. I'd
1: probably go go back to Higgins there, but Williams is the number two receiver there as well.
0: The difference is cost with those two guys, though. You're, those are rounds apart, you know. That's true. When you're really deciding on Higgins or someone else, you're deciding on Higgins or, um, let me get to the list real quick. It's Higgins, yeah, Higgins or is like a James are- Conner or a uh, Kyle Pitts or a uh, Keenan Allen or A.J. Brown or Ezekiel Elliott, you know. Like those other guys are, are two or two rounds you know behind him so
2: they're they're, they're within one round but yeah they, they'll be drafted in the round afterwards that's why i brought them up according right. to adp they're uh, within like 12 picks
0: uh i still gotta do my bust right yep uh so my bust, bust pick dude. for uh 2022 right now i have cam acres Uh, right now, currently the running back 15, um, look, I get, I get the hype and everything with Cam Akers. Um, but I think he's being relied on a little bit too much coming back into 2022. I realized that he did come back, you know, at the end of last year, which was absolutely a miracle and definitely have to be a different type of human to be able to do that from a torn Achilles. Um, but he didn't, he also didn't look. That great, um, I think he averaged like three yards per carry during his stint uh, back at the end of last year. Um, so it wasn't a great, you know, showing. But obviously, you know, coming off a torn Achilles, you kind of expect that. Um, but the Rams still did retain Daryl Henderson um, and also drafted Kyron Williams um, in the NFL Draft, which kind of raised an eyebrow to me because it was like, okay, if Cam Akers is your guy. And you're gonna roll with him next year, why are you drafting running backs, you know, at a significant cost or, you know, relatively significant? And also retaining Daryl Henderson. Also, the statements that McVeigh has has put out publicly, you know, like how he says, I look at it as if we have two starting running backs, I think it's going to be a committee approach from this team. And what we've seen from history has shown us recently for this Rams offense and the rushing attack is really it's it's kind of plug and play. Um it doesn't really necessarily matter who's back there for them. They're they've all seen success. And so a lot of that has to do with the scheme, the blocking, all that. Um, but it kind of worries me. Like I you know, there's just other guys I would take right now over Cam Akers. Um, especially, you know, drafting them as my R B two. Some people are drafting him as an RB one, and it's it's kind of sketchy to me. You know, if you're going wide receiver, wide receiver, like for example, James Conner is a guy I would much rather prefer over a Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers is going to hurt you, you know, overall over the course of the season um, this year, relying on him to have kind of a workhorse role. I don't think he'll have that. I think Daryl Henderson will be very much involved. I think we'll see some Kyron Williams. So. You know, and then and then the health is also a, a question mark for me. Is like, how much will he be back to his former self? That's a serious injury, and one that doesn't just hamper guys for you know a a, a set timeline, a set amount of months. Okay, and then they'll be back to their hundred percent self. We don't always see that with torn Achilles. That's that's a a gross injury, <laughs> and that can really affect a player for the rest of their career. So, I'm really worried about that for Cam Akers.
2: No, I'm totally with you, and the only time I really have faith in any Rams running back is when an injury happens, because it is such a committee, and we've talked about their offensive line um, plenty of times over the last year, especially you know last season. It, it's one of those offensive lines, you could pretty much put anyone back there, and they're going to get you a great fantasy game, and the only way you know they're going to get you a great fantasy game is if there's an injury in the backfield, because you know it's not going to be as much of a committee. So I I'm totally with you on him being a bust at being RB 15. That's way too high. Um, If I'm correct, uh, that's putting him above like Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Correct. Zeke Saquon.
1: A lot of guys.
2: Yeah, Zeke, Zeke and Saquon. I'll say it right this time. Yeah, I'd much rather have those guys in can makers. It it blows my mind that, that people would honestly draft him above those guys especially Saquon, who really has no, no one behind him that's going to take uh, snaps and just, just really anything away from him. So, yeah, unless someone's injured, I have no faith in the Rams' backfield.
1: No, and honestly, I completely agree with you guys there. I actually almost chose K-Makers as my bus guy as well, so I'm right there with you. And I love that you brought the plug-and-play. Do you guys remember back, the play end of the season and playoffs of 2020? Uh, Todd Gurley got hurt. It was K-Makers' rookie year, and he also was dealing with some injuries. They brought in Malcolm Brown. And Malcolm yeah. Brown was like 260 pounds at that point, was an absolute bowling ball, the most round running back I'd seen since Jerome Bettis. And he came in there and ran for 130 yards in the playoff game.
0: <laughs> like, yeah.
1: That's how good that this There's, rushing attack is because of Sean McVay.
0: Sony Michelle, you know, last year got a lot of second life, you know, because he started to produce in this offense. I think it's, yeah, very much plug and play.
2: All day, dude. That's how they've always been. Their offensive line is undeniable. The rushing attack, things like that. Whoever's back there and gets majority carries, that's how you get the points, but no one's getting majority carries unless someone's hurt.
0: All right, let's move on to our values and or sleeper picks. Trey, why don't you start us off?
2: All right, here we go. So for my value slash sleeper pick, I combine it into one. Um, I'm taking the bait, man. I'm going with Rashad Bateman. I'm all in on it. Um it's it's a little bit of a reach maybe because his ADP is eighty, he's wide receiver thirty five. So right now he's being drafted, you know, towards the end of the seventh, early eighth round. But um I I just like everything I've seen out of him and with all the things that have changed with the Ravens offense, I, I think it'll be really good for him because like yeah, he did have a really inconsistent rookie year. But he did finish the last four games of the season with at least eighty percent snap share, which you know obviously you got to be on the field to get points, get receptions and targets and all that. And unfortunately, like for the season average, he was under six targets per game for the season. But that was when Hollywood Brown was still in the picture, and he's down he's uh, down in Arizona with the Cardinals now. And if you add to that, Sammy Watkins was still there, but he's out of the picture, and this leaves a thirty two percent target share. For Rashad Bateman to hopefully absorb. Obviously, he's not going to get all 32% of that, but his target share last year was around 15%. So let's just say he gets 20% of that. Now he has 35% target share, which is pretty decent. And even with uh, Hollywood Brown and Sammy Watkins there, he still played outside on eighty one percent of his snaps. So I think he's like the bona fide outside number one receiver for the Falcons this year. And right now his competition at receiver Ravens. is horrible.
0: <laughs> what did word. I say? The a Falcons. Falcons.
2: Oh, I say Falcons. Sorry. I was single Marcus Mariota. I can't help but think about him all the time. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So on the Ravens and um his competition his competition at wide receiver is pretty trash. Not if you Yeah, exactly. If you exclude Mark Andrews because he does have a mark uh, like a massive target share, Um, his wide receiver competition is Devin Duvernay and James Proche. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that right, Proche. Yeah, I don't care because they're not going to bite into what he's doing. I really don't think so. And you also got to keep in mind that last year was a down year for Lamar passing wise, and I think everyone expects Lamar to bounce back this year. He's trying to get that contract. He turned down quarter million dollars recently. I think he's going to go out and just try his absolute hardest. And j- just for a reference, uh, the last wide receiver one for Lamar Jackson, obviously Hollywood Brown. Um, they were still pretty respectable, even though Lamar had a bad year. Brown finishes wide receiver twenty two in PPR, wide receiver twenty six in standard, had a hundred and forty five targets, over one thousand yards and six touchdowns. And he would have even had more touchdowns if he didn't drop all these magnificent deep balls that Lamar was dropping. So I. I- I fully expect Rashad to step into that like that role. And, I mean, I at the very least, he's a solid flex this year. I don't think he'll be like your wide receiver one, but from where he's going right now, drafting him like in that seventh, eighth round area is such a good value to me.
0: I would have to agree, for sure. You know, I've always loved him as a player. We talked about him, you know, a lot last year um, when he was coming to um, Fantasy Relevance. Um. Yeah, I have to agree. That's a lot of targets that are being vacated uh, for Rashad. It's
1: an insane. I mean, there could have been many more guys that had more targets than Hollywood Brown did. Had what 146? He said that's a shit ton of targets.
2: 145, and he only caught 90 of them. And people say yeah. Lamar's inaccurate, but I, you guys have seen those videos, man. Like, obviously, he didn't have 60 or you know 50 drops last year as far as Hollywood Brown goes. But he did drop a lot of balls that were very catchable with no like no contest. So, I I think uh Rashad Bateman's in a pretty good
0: pretty good role right now. Yeah. All Rashad. right, Tyler. Value sleepers.
1: Yeah, I, I have a value guy here. Um I'm going with Chris Godwin. I know he's coming off the injury and that's why his ADP is low right now, but he's going to be ready week 1. Um it's kind of a miracle coming back off the ACL injury, but I mean, the fact that you're getting him like you know, at the end of the sixth round right now, it doesn't make any sense. This dude is a bona fide number two receiver in this league, and the number two receiver who has been, like, in almost an entire career within the league as a fantasy player. Um, he finished as wide receiver 16 last year. He's only two years removed from being the number two overall receiver in all of fantasy. That happened just two years ago. And let's not forget that he they brought back Tom Brady, who last year led the league in passing yards and in passing attempts. This team is going to throw the ball, Chris Godwin's gonna be healthy, obviously much sooner than than we expected. So he's gonna get his numbers. It's gonna be a, a great season for him. He's again gonna finish as a number two receiver, and you're gonna but you're drafting him as a bench player right now.
0: Yeah, I like the pick for sure.
2: Oh, I'll just he's say this: I, I have value. like. Yeah, I've seen him. Yeah, what? Like basically, we're talking like in like the middle of the sixth, early seventh round, and it really just—it feels almost like a crime being able to draft him in that area. It blows my mind, and also blows my mind. I was looking at the stats last year. I, right? I just have a bad memory, honestly. Uh, that Tom Brady threw like six hundred seventy pass attempts last year, or some crazy yeah. shit like that. The
1: league—it wasn't even close.
2: Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, he's yeah, such a great value. He definitely is. It really does. Like when you're drafting somebody and you're just like, holy shit, that can't believe it came back around to me. That's when you know you're getting a value. And he's like the one of the main people that's popped out to me is like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm drafting this guy in this round.
0: All right, uh, my turn. So I got a, a value pick here for you, and then uh, some a couple sleepers. <laughs> Sorry for me to just pick one, uh, but I want to throw some names out there for for the people you know um so my value pick and and by the way you know kind of how i see value is is just someone that's being drafted even if it is a higher round someone that i think um can significantly up produce that where they're being picked even if it is a, val- a higher round so my value pick is going to be mike williams the wide receiver right now for uh, the number two wide receiver for the la chargers um Mike Williams right now being drafted as the wide receiver eighteen. Uh, he's going forty seventh overall. He's you know we we know Mike Williams is a freak athlete. He's six four, two hundred twenty pounds, um, and he's attached to a quarterback Justin Herbert that I think is going to have an incredible year. He's you know almost guaranteed. Well, not guaranteed, I guess, but I think he will pretty easily throw for five thousand yards and forty touchdowns. Um, If he's, if Herbert's able to have the type of season that he does and Mike Williams stays healthy, I think it's, um, you know, a really good bet that Mike Williams finishes as a number one receiver. And, um, right now you can draft him, you know, 47th overall, I'm taking him wherever I can, um, in redraft leagues, you know, I I love this guy where he's being drafted and, I just think being attached to Justin Herbert with an aging Keenan Williams, Keenan Williams is, or Keenan Allen's still going to have a a great year. Yeah, but he's aging, right? And we, we've seen, um, that he's, he's never been a, a huge touchdown producer and this is where Mike Williams, I think is going to excel and have a bunch of monster weeks for your fantasy team this year. So I love where Mike Williams is going. Um, I'm confident in drafting him even as a wide receiver one and yeah, that's my value pick.
1: No, it is a great value. Um, I know, I think the biggest thing that people are worried about is another season like last year where he was so inconsistent. He'd have games that absolutely win you a a week and then he would also lose you a week Then you know, literally just the, the very next game. So it's the only concern with him is that he was so up and down, but you would think that I think he's going into his fourth year here, maybe his fifth. Um that that maturity is going to come around, you know, the nuances of the game are going to get better for him. And you think he'll be more consistent probably going forward.
0: Yeah, and there's a reason why they gave him all that money, you know, like you do have to follow the money sometimes in fantasy. Like they're, they they want to use this guy, right? Um otherwise they wouldn't have given, given him the contract that they gave him. So, um I think his volume will go up. I think He'll be more consistent this year. And with the profile and the quarterback, I mean, the sky's the limit to me.
2: Well, isn't like Keenan Allen, obviously probably towards the downhill part of his career. Like it it seems like it's, it has to be his time. It has to happen. Yeah. Like he has to step up as that wide receiver one.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think the team recognizes that as well. That's why they gave him the contract. That's why, you know, they, they want him to stick around. So. Um, I love Mike Williams this year. Um, for some sleeper picks, and these couple of guys obviously have been making a lot of noise, but you know, these are guys that we've been on, I think as a group, um, for, for a while now and been talking about. So I, I felt like they deserve to be on this show. Sleeper pick um at running back Chase Edmonds, running back thirty two right now, still, um, is ADP of eighty four overall. It's been rising and rising. Um, we've been talking about it. Uh, you know, I believe in McDaniel's as a coach in in the running game. I think he's one of the best, you know, running game coordinators in the league. I think he's going to do some really, really creative and fun things with this offense with with all the playmakers that they've brought in and already had. Um, but Chase Edmonds is a guy that they went and and aggressively went after as soon as you know the window opened. This was the first guy signed, I believe. Um, in the window, he was, you know, um, sought after for the Miami Dolphins and McDaniels. So there's a reason they brought him in. He's going to be the running back one. He's being drafted as the RB 32 right now. Um, so an incredible amount of value, you know, in a draft that we just recently did, uh, we saw chase Edmonds go in the fifth round, beginning of the fifth round, um, and honestly, I don't hate it. You know, if if you're someone who goes wide receiver, wide receiver, or even takes three wide receivers, you know, off the board, like I love picking up Chase Edmonds in the fifth round as your RB1 or RB2, um, probably RB2 at that point. But yeah, Tyler.
1: Yeah, um, I just want to throw this out there. Obviously, the concern is that with Mike Daniels coming over and, you know, clearly coming from the Kyle Shanahan tree. Where they like to use a lot of running backs. And you have a couple of guys in this backfield, Raheem Moster and Tony Michelle, who are capable backs. We've seen them be fancy relevant backs. So is that a concern where Chase Edmonds or you is going to end up getting a lot less touches than he probably deserves?
0: Sure. I mean, if you're drafting him in the fifth, yeah, that's definitely more of a concern. But if you're drafting him in the eighth round, you know, in your home leagues. Where maybe you're drafting against some people that aren't as in tune as we are, or other people that listen to fantasy football podcasts, um, you know, you're getting an extreme value. So, in a lot of your home leagues, for those of you listening, Chase Edmonds will be there in the seventh, eighth round. So, at that cost, I'm not so worried about it because you already have two running backs, you know, on your roster by that time that you're very confident in. So,
2: you also got to keep in mind, you know, Tyreek Hill's there, Jalen Waddle. Um, I'm curious how if they're going to be like a run heavy team, how much Mike Gasicki's used because he's not really a. a run Reports right
0: tight now end. are that his role is is transitioning into like a blocking tight end, and that's what I've seen anyway. Um, at a training camp, is he, his production, his his usage in the offense is going down in terms of the receiving game. He's going to be more, like, I wouldn't draft Mike Asicki at all right now. Just well, I'm FYI. not saying
2: to draft him, but I, I'd be kind of iffy on the fact that he's uh, starting to be in the run blocking aspect. Um, I know he is you know, listed at around 250 pounds, but he does look like a wide receiver. And there are wide receivers oh. who are very good at blocking. Yeah, he's
1: 250, but he's like, what, 6'8"? Like, he's insanely tall. So yeah, like he's 6'6". You're, you're gonna okay you, but even even six six like two hundred fifty pounds on this guy is six six is not a lot of weight honestly um because you have so much you know just mass in general from your overall size that like he is built like a like a wide receiver.
2: Yeah, so I'm kind of concerned about. I'm like, will will he really be like that good at pass blocking or not pass blocking, run blocking, coming from like a mostly pass you know catching role, but. Uh, either way, their offense is going to be fun to watch, and um, if an injury, kind of like uh, we were just talking about with the Rams, if an injury happens to that backfield, um, you know, it it, it should be very interesting to see what happens with them, and you can really just roll with uh, whoever's starting on that team because they should be killing it from the run game with that much like attention being drawn in the receiving game from Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. It should be nice.
0: All right, and the last sleeper here, uh, you know, I had to throw this guy in the show. Um, <laughs> he's someone that we've talked about since the, the rookie uh, wide receiver show that we had before the NFL draft. I loved the tape. I'll say it again. You know, I loved his tape, and I just knew that, you know, when the Packers drafted him, I said, wow, this is an incredible spot for, for Romeo uh, Dobbs to to land with aaron Rodgers and with all the opportunity that um comes with that with Devonte adams and all his targets um being vacated it, he's been the talk of training camp you know he's lighting up twitter he's he's getting talked about a lot and his adp is definitely rising because of that but he's still someone that you can get at the end of your drafts wide receiver 68 right now 174 overall definitely in your home leagues he's he's definitely going to be available And the talent is there, you know, he's going to have to work on the chemistry. He's going to have to still continue to build trust from Aaron Rodgers. We've seen, you know, a little bit of news about him kind of going after the rookie wide receivers as of late. But um, the opportunity is there, you know, for him to really have a significant role in this passing game. Um, and for me, he's kind of the definition of a sleeper, a guy that you can take at the back end of the draft that has a ton of opportunity. The talent is there. Um, so I love Romeo Dobbs and I'm excited to see what he does, uh, this year with, with a rod.
2: Yeah, we all love what we've seen out of him. My, my question is to you as you know, the local Packers guy. Would be like so. Do you think, um, because obviously there's Christian Watson too, who has been surprisingly quiet this offseason as far as like any kind of buzz has been going, even though he was drafted so much higher? Um, so guys are like projected, you know, projected with quotations to be above him. You know, Christian Watson, obviously, Sammy Watkins is still there, and Randall Cobb. Do you think like any of those guys are really in his way?
0: So with Christian Watson, um, he's been dealing with an injury, so that's he hasn't really been playing that much, um, which is why you haven't heard a ton. There have been some some highlights from him when he is, you know, when he was healthy, but he's still working back from an injury right now. I still think Christian Watson because he's falling in ADP. I still think he's also worth taking a shot on, just to see what happens. But I think it's going to be a slower start for Watson going into the season. I think you you could see Romeo. Uh, making splash plays from week one um, with the other guys, Sammy Watkins. Um, tch, I'm not worried about Sammy dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's proven that he's not uh consistent um, and reliable throughout an NFL season. I don't see that changing. Randall Cobb is aging. <laughs> the dude just turned 32 years old. Um, I still think he'll be involved at times, but not, nearly enough to be a consistent fantasy asset for you um and he's not going to make a a bunch of the splash plays that that he used to make he just isn't that type of player anymore more of a red zone kind of hunter renfro type threat but not as fast (laughs) um Uh, don't don't
2: say that (laughs) he's not a hunter renfro type
0: well yeah that means he used to be that's how he made his bread and butter but um yeah, and back then Al- in the fucking Pilgrim days. Well, that's the point, is he's aging out. So, yeah, I'm not too concerned with him for, you know, Romeo's outlook for this year. And then it's Alan Lazard, who I think is a different type of player than Romeo. Um, I could, you know, realistically, I could see it. You could see a lot of Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs uh, from week one, you know, from from out of the gate. And then, you know, as Christian Watson comes back from injury and, uh, works his way into the offense a little bit more. I think you could see more of him towards the back end of the season. But, yeah, for me, I, I just think, you know, out of the gate, week one, value someone that's going to immediately skyrocket in value for you and your fantasy team is is Romeo on this offense. I'm with it. But, I, you know, I'm okay taking a shot on Alan Lazar, too. You're going to have to draft him in the eighth round. But, you know, he, he really could. He has – all the he's going to get the shot, right? Like, he's going to be the number one target week one. So he has the opportunity as well.
2: I'm with that. Uh, the only thing that I would throw in there to kind of twist that up, I don't want to stick on this too long, is obviously they have two premier running backs. So maybe they want to have some wide receivers in the field who are more tenured at run blocking or being run blocking presences, right? So... Typically, that isn't a rookie receiver. That that's why I brought up Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins yeah. as far as like being kind of a threat as far as snap percentage goes. Because if if they want to be a threat to the run game, you're not really going to throw those like smaller, younger guys out there. Actually, smaller, but you know, younger guys. Not you got to as... prove
0: it. Exactly. Especially in the Packers' offense, I will say one thing about them and their receivers is you have to be able to run block. Like that is something that they heavily rely on out of their receivers so that's something alan Lazard absolutely excels at you know he was the best on the team at that last year he probably will he will be this year as well i just think he'll see more volume in the passing game he should i
2: brought sammy Watkins up because he's big as fuck yeah should be good at run blocking right if he knows how to do
0: it gotta stay on the field though you know (laughs) that could hurt (laughs) yeah all right, well, that'll do it, right? For our sleepers, breakouts, bust, values. Oh, hold
2: on. Didn't uh, Big Irby, you had a sleeper, right?
1: I mean, oh, yeah. I was forced to put one on there, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I, I, mean, I think he deserves uh, it. All right, no, he does deserve it. I've, we've been talking about him all offseason, especially me. Um, I think he's, for me, he's my leading candidate for rookie of the year. Um, even, over, even over Dobbs, which... I'm starting to worry about it because Dobbs is getting so much hype and seems like he could be the wide receiver from one there, but it's Sky Moore. He's only being drafted like slightly ahead of Dobbs at the moment. Um, And it's just a guy who is going to end up eating a lot of these targets that Tyreek Hill has vacated. Um, He's not the same type of player, but he's still going to get a lot of those targets and he's going to be a guy who's just electric on the field. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to love playing with him. Plus, You have one of the best play callers of all time, Andy Reid, just drawing things in the sand for him to go out and do. It's going to be fun. I'm with you. I'm totally with you.
0: Yeah, another guy that we really liked to tape before we even knew where he was landing, and then we saw him land in Kansas City and was like, whoa, okay, now we're talking, right, because of the opportunity mixed with the potential. You know, um, those guys that you, you watch the college tape and you really like, you know, stick with that gut feeling because you never know what might happen they might just land in an opportunity like sky moore's landed in or romeo's landed in where they can really you know you can really bank on that sky's the limit Alrighty, well that'll do it for this episode <laughs> uh, appreciate y'all listening uh again at the ff fathers on twitter And uh, we will catch you. We're getting, you know, right up into the season, boys. Pretty soon we'll be doing our our weekly waiver wire shows, our weekly starting, our weekly lineup shows, um, starts and sits, all that good stuff. So make sure you like, subscribe, so you don't miss any of those episodes. And uh, we'll catch you all next time. Doses. Bye.